Not a single one of us enjoys being manipulated or taken advantage of, and yet I'm pretty sure that we've all experienced it at some point in our lives. In today's episode, we're talking about identifying manipulation when it's happening to us and when it's happening in us. That's right. Manipulation is not just an everybody else topic. We can also fall prey to the trap of using it to meet our needs in an exploitative way, even and often unconsciously. We hope that as you listen, it helps you both heal from past experiences and to give you tools to walk in greater freedom and clarity within yourself and with others. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And we just want to thank you, first of all, so much for listening. Um, We hope that you're getting something good out of this podcast. And just as a reminder, if you think that any of these episodes will be a benefit to a friend or a family member, um, we would love it if you would pass pass the episode along. Um, As always, your reviews and your ratings are also important in helping other people find our podcast. That kind of made me laugh because today's we're talking about identifying (laughs) manipulation. So if you have a family member that needs to hear this, please send this over to them. Uh, do so with tact and care. I was thinking of you when I heard this episode. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Choose choose wisely. Well, we want you to tell people about it, but I'm just saying don't use it to people, manipulate. You know, tell other people how it impacted your own life. Mm, very good. There, there we go. <laughs> Um, so yes, those things do help us a lot and we're not manipulating you. We're just saying it does help. It helps other people find it. So we really appreciate it when you do that. For and us. I found out that, that you're obligated to say rate and review. Rate and review. Yes. You, yeah. pro- if you listen to any podcast, we, we have never said it. that at all. Rate and review. Five, and we're five on stars. episode 30 and that's the first time. So we're, we're, we're new at this. It. We're, we're trying to get this thing down. All right. Well, let's get into today's topic, uh, which you've already said is identifying manipulation. Um, This topic, I think, first of all, when we think manipulation, we're thinking, how are other people manipulating me? Um, But today we're really going to talk about both sides of how sometimes I'm the one doing the manipulating and I don't even realize it. Um, So so don't worry. we're going to get to both sides, but this might sting a little bit. I know it, it does for me sometimes, but... Um, because we've all done it on some level. Yeah. Yep. And we've all v- experienced it, so... Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of times it's just happening um, beneath the surface. We don't even know we're doing it. So hopefully as we're talking about some of these things, if you recognize how you might be walking in subtle manipulation, um, we can change that behavior and it's going to be better for us, going to be better for our influence. And we're just talking from life experiences because mm-hmm. we're we're not uh, a clinical uh, psychologist or <laughs> no. we're not speaking from... We're just talking about things that we've experienced in our life. And if you've come to this podcast for professional, <laughs> professional insight... Help. Um, thank you, but we may need to direct you elsewhere for the 2.0 questions. All right, well, let's get into the definition, the dictionary definition of manipulation, which is control or influence, uh, and that is to a person or a situation, cleverly, unfairly, or help me say this word, unscrupulously. Or you could say dishonestly. Dishonestly. Thank you. That's so much easier to say. Um, It also means to alter data or present statistics so as to mislead. So we can see that the very root of manipulation is twisted truth. It's a lie. It's deception. To get your own way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important, though, to really understand there's two types of manipulation. One is very aggressive, you know, would be that egocentric, narcissistic behavior where I am going to lie, twist, pervert, whatever, and I do it very consciously to get what I want from you. You know, we see this in like many spheres of influence where there is just horrific injustices taking place because someone skillfully manipulates another to benefit themselves. And so that is not really what we're going to be talking about as much. I think it's so much more the passive or the subconscious manipulation. So the aggressive manipulation, you're going to recognize that kind of right away because it's totally in your face. Mm -hmm. Well, 
unless they are extremely skilled at it, boy, they can say the right thing, do the right thing. You know, I have a, a foundation called Voice of Justice Foundation, and they they call these young men lover boys, and they have all the right things to say to these girls to lure them in, and these girls believe it, and they end up in sex trafficking, and and so some people are extremely, extremely gifted at manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm even challenged at times, and I'm not saying this judgmental towards this, but sometimes the whole sales and marketing industry to me seems pretty uh, manipulative because they're using, you'll you'll go to YouTube and you'll see a word and you click on it and and it has nothing to do with that video, but they know exactly how to bait you yeah. to go listen to their stuff or you know, we can call it about a salesman, you know, like they might lie to make a sale. You know, that's all deliberate manipulation. And sometimes we're aware of it, uh, but oftentimes we're not until we get the sting of that manipulation. You know, I've-, I've The consequences. The consequences, act. yeah. Like I've looked at my life and, and I've seen individuals where I experienced betrayal and different things like that. And I thought, oh my goodness, for years they were manipulating me and I had no clue, but they were just so good at how they talked and communicated to me. They just knew how to push my buttons, the Mama Melody buttons. And- um, and so that was consciously done uh, to hide things they were doing or to portray things that they uh, said they were doing that they weren't doing. And, and it was all basically to manipulate to get their need met. So it's out there and we might not always be aware of it. But the more we understand, even after the end of this podcast, we might be able to recognize it more. And if we're able to recognize it, we won't fall prey to it. I mean, you take the devil, he's a master manipulator, right? Mm -hmm. He he just throws out this little lie there in such a way that makes you want to believe that lie and it totally perverts identity and purpose and destiny and relationships. And so he's a master manipulator. He what, one third of the angels (laughs) went with him. Yeah. And they were hanging out with God just like he was, and and he was so skilled at manipulating them into lies. And so I don't know if it's we always recognize it, but I think the more aware we are. So you say that there's aggressive and then passive? Yes, there's the passive, and that's really what I think we want to talk about most because I really can't, I don't have power over another individual, but I do have power over myself. And uh, I've learned through the years where I manipulated when it wasn't, in my mind, mm-hmm. manipulation. But uh, the bottom line, it is, it's subconscious, it's passive, as in um, there is, I might feel powerless. So I act in ways that are powerless ultimately to get my needs met. So I I need this or I want this or I desire this. And it might not even be for myself, it might be for you. And one of the stories uh, of my life, you know, I love deeply. Anybody who knows me, I can just fall in love very quickly, especially with young people or emerging leaders or whatever it is. I'll just invest my life into them. And um, I was investing into so many young people that were in the resident program that we had here at one time. And I would look at them and I would see their potential. I'd see their value. I'd see their worth. And I so wanted them to fulfill their purpose and their destiny that I worked harder on their growth than they did. But see, I discovered that that was manipulation. Yeah. To me, it felt like love. I even had scriptures to back it up, lay down your <laughs> life, you know, and, and this is really love and you really care about their destiny. And that was all true. But at the, the same time, me working harder on their growth than they did was actually me paying a price to try to manipulate them into growth and maturity and all these other things. And you know what? It never worked because we have no power to change another individual. I thought it was love, but in actuality it was manipulation. Yeah. And so, you know, we might want something for someone so much that we do all these things thinking it'll change them when we don't have the power to do that. And if we look at that and recognize, really, that is manipulation, we're going to go, wow, I don't want to go there. Yeah. 
And that so brought what, you freedom when you recognized oh, that. Oh, it was major freedom. Was I don't go there anymore yeah. at all. I recognize it. And so now I have things established in my life that I will not work harder on someone else yeah. uh, than they will work on themselves. And if I see them make one step, I'll make a step. Mm-hmm. If they make another step, I'll make another step. But if they never do the first part, I don't I don't follow up. Yeah. I, I allow them to lead themselves. What was the moment of of revelation? Because I think, you know, when we were talking about manipulation, we were saying, well, people are manipulating because they're trying to have their own needs met. But in that case, you really wanted what you felt was best for them. So that level of manipulation was, I want... I want so strongly what's best for them that you were manipulating. One is selfish, and then one almost seems like, uh, in the church-wise, like, well, that would be a good thing. So mm-hmm. how did you come to that revelation, like, this isn't healthy? Well, I recognized um, that it was selfish because if Susie was successful, it made me feel better about myself. I remember I did that as a parent with you guys. If you had A's on your report card that I'm a good mom, if you had a D on your report card, I'm a terrible mom. Mm -hmm. So I would aggressively put all this pressure on you to produce so that I would feel like a better mom. And, you know, Joel, you were a very busy little boy. And uh, actually, I look back, you were a very obedient little boy, but probably pushed the limits more than Rebecca did. But I remember- Well, Rebecca was perfect. She was perfect. uh... She was probably too afraid not to be. But, um, you know, you would do something. And if I felt embarrassment, I would whoop the tar out of you because back when that was legal, back when it was legal. But you think a two year old's a two year old. Now I have grandkids and I'm going, my goodness, it's okay. They're going to get through this. This is just immaturity. It's not a big deal. They're not being rebellious. They're just being kids. But I couldn't process that through in my own mind then because of my personal shame and my fears and the way I viewed myself. So to become powerful I had to be very aggressive in my discipline so that you didn't embarrass me. But I don't think I thought about that consciously at that moment. It was more, I wanted to train you and and you were going to be a young man that was going to do this thing right. And, And so I think I justified a lot of things and believed what I justified. But when the Lord just really revealed to me that so many of those things were manipulation, to somehow remove that sense of shame I was walking in, we did a whole episode on shame, but to remove that sense of shame I was walking in, as well as uh, I, I needed to see that the gift I carried was valuable, that the love that I had for others could actually be reciprocated by them being successful. And... Um, I'm just not powerful enough to do that. And it's so freeing to let God be in control and not me, or let somebody else be in control of their own walk. That truth is so powerful, especially for parents, yeah, for church leaders, because we can fall into a trap of, I d- feel mm-hmm. like we're doing good things, but it's really out of a selfish motive yeah. or out of fear or out of shame. So recognizing when you're functioning in manipulation is so important because I think in the end, it doesn't produce the fruit that you actually want. Yeah. And sometimes we're so driven for external success that we want to look good in the eyes of man. You know, we want to have a lot of following here, or a lot of following there. Or, you know, we need to see all the likes or all this or all the... It's more intense now than I think it ever was. And I just see, especially in a young generation, they are pursuing platform and position and prestige and title and all the things that somehow make them feel better about themselves without realizing they are so amazing in who just who they are. And, but, you know, I think in the whole drivenness of success, you know, whether it's a pastor or it's a business owner or a governmental leader or or a community leader, the bottom line is, is we might put so much pressure on people saying this is serving a higher cause Mm -hmm. uh, or in actuality, we just personally want to be successful. So we will use other people to 
make us more successful so we feel better about ourselves rather than really having genuine, authentic life exchange where we empower one another to succeed and we're not striving. We're just being the best version of ourselves. It's a completely different world. I believe that you revealed a trap that many leaders fall into is where you think you know what is best for other people. Ooh. And so if you believe that, you're going to fall into manipulation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rather than how can I be a vessel to serve rather than direct people and what they should and shouldn't do? Well, and you might have the right answer for them, but it's their choice what they're going to do with that. And if we try to um, control or make that happen, whether that it's that um, overt or covert uh, way, then we're taking that power over another person that we were never meant to have, which is manipulation. Well, one of the things that I do with, you know, my kids is I like to make sure that the choices that they make, they experience a consequence of, even if it's a good choice. Mm-hmm. I want them to know when they act or when they do something, they experience a consequence. Why is that? Because the consequence are great teachers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I could be saying no, yes, and directing everything rather than allowing them to experience the consequence of their action because I think that's a better teacher. Now, obviously, if they're going to go touch a hot stove, you know, I'm going (laughs) to grab them kind of thing. But as they've gotten older, I've kind of taken my hands off a little bit of uh, things that they do or don't do. And now I'll just ask questions or say, when you did that, how did that affect this? Mm-hmm. Rather than trying to, I want them to understand it for themselves, not just because I told them so. So good. Yeah. So good. You're giving them their power instead of yeah. asserting and your it, own. If, see, if we become the force of nature, as it were, in a person's life, they will really ultimately resent us. Mm-hmm. And they will actually do the opposite of what we're wanting them to do yeah. because whether it's subconscious or consciously, they don't like someone else telling what to do. They don't want someone putting the pressure on them. So if I put all this pressure on you to do something, you ultimately would pull away from me rather than be drawn towards me. You know, a wife who constantly nags her husband, she's pushing her husband away. Uh, Rather, I've learned to just make to-do lists and just put it on Stephen's desk. And then when he gets it, when he gets it done, yeah. he crosses it out rather than just nagging him because I learned just putting the to-do there, baby, whenever you're able to do this, these are some things that only you can do, then he's motivated. But if I'm nagging him, my goodness, nobody was created to be nagged mm-hmm. into good works, right? <laughs> so you were talking about sometimes you don't know or you don't recognize when you're walking in manipulation. So what are some traits of manipulation fear fear that i won't get my needs met fear that they won't get their needs met fear so that i'll make a mistake control the situation yes fear mm-hmm. that they'll make a mistake uh that and and fear really is birthed from what i said earlier a sense of powerlessness so sometimes when we feel powerless we start acting aggressively powerful but it's really weakness it yeah. looks powerful. It looks aggressive. It looks forceful when in actuality it's being powerless. Um, I, I think another thing is where there's something I need to take or get to benefit myself, my family, my vision, whatever it might be. I'm trying to take and get something rather than contributing something. Another sign or a trait I think is a manipulator finds it hard to express their needs. Yes. Mm, yeah. Which Ooh, is big good. because they can't express them verbally and articulate them. That's really So good. they have to work behind the scenes to make it happen yeah. rather than just expressing it. That's good because having a need is not the problem no. at all. It's how you go about getting that met and just mm-hmm. being authentic and saying, this is what I need right now. Oh my gosh, we save ourselves so much hassle. Mm-hmm. And if you're afraid that you'll be, be rejected, then you won't express it. So you got to mm-hmm. work behind the scenes to get those need met, needs met rather than just having heart-to-heart conversations. Or even having that sense of shame that I have a need mm-hmm. yeah. rather than recognize we are 
hum- humanity is needs-based. Now, did you come up with the shame, fear, control thing? Well, or- actually, God spoke that to me, but then mm-hmm. later on, uh, it, it began. people began to talk about the shame, uh, fear, control mm-hmm. stronghold. So I hate to say I came up with it, mm-hmm. but I heard it first. God speaking that to me. And then it was confirmed through other sources. And then later on, people were talking about it, and I went, oh my goodness, God (laughs) showed that to me, you know, a year or two ago, whatever it was. And and so so I don't want to take credit for that, but at that moment, that was a revelation that God God gave me about me. And that's the power of self-awareness. I mean, so often we're so afraid to let down our walls to be authentic and say, I'm struggling, you know, I'm believing this lie, you know, I'm tired or, you know, or I'm, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, it it feels weak, but in actuality, it's strong. It takes courage to be real. Yeah. And that, I mean, what I'm telling you now in a few minutes, it took me years <laughs> to walk through because yeah. I was so steeped in shame. I was so steeped in fear. I felt so powerless. I felt like at the mercy of everybody else. So I had to arise and become very aggressive to protect myself from every potential perpetrator out there, mm-hmm. from every person in the church who could potentially split the church. You know, I was living in such fear. And, uh, but I couldn't, I didn't tell anybody. And honestly, a lot of those things I probably didn't even acknowledge to myself because it was too painful to acknowledge that. Yeah. That, that shame and that fear, that's the, really the root of it. Um, but I, I think it's such a core piece of this topic of manipulation because I think, um, we are, we are always trying to get our needs met as human beings. We have needs. We're created with needs. We're always trying to get our needs met. And when we don't know that, we don't accept that, um, we're, we're going to do it in really unhealthy ways. But then even when we know what our needs are to, we have to be vulnerable enough to actually communicate. So even what you said about putting the to-do list on, um, I call him pap on Steve, Steve's desk. Um, that, right there is you communicating a need. Mm-hmm. And I just can speak from my own experience, learning this the very hard way is I would have needs. I would need something from someone and I would be afraid of rejection. I'd be afraid of how they would um, perceive that. So I would not communicate. I would not do the vulnerable, powerful work of communicating directly those needs. And so instead, what I would do is be really kind to that person person or do really good, nice things for them and just hope that Mm. they just figured out (laughs) what I needed. And I think we do this so much in relationship and maybe especially more passive personalities or introverted personalities, but we manipulate by doing good, doing what we want someone to do for us, for them, and just hope, just assume that they're going to be mind readers, that they're going to be need readers and know what we need from them. And it just does not work that way. So instead I would get angry. I'd get frustrated. Mm -hmm. I would feel taken advantage of. I'd feel used. And eventually when that all exploded outward, they would say, how was I supposed to know what you needed? Mm -hmm. And I, I had no rebuttal. (laughs) So I've learned this, that I operated in manipulation so much just because I was afraid to be vulnerable and actually communicate and express those needs in a powerful way. And see, when you beat around the bush and they don't catch the drift, it really does activate in you a lot of negative emotions. And you feel like it's a direct affront to who you are. I I have a story. This is not a true story, Mm -hmm. but it's a story that I wrote in my book on shame. And I said, yes, here, this wife, she meets her husband at the door and she's dressed beautifully. And she has this gourmet meal on the table and she does all these things for him just because she wants him to say, oh, my love, how beautiful you are. There is nobody that can compare to you, which is a scripture, by the way. (laughs) There's no one that can compare to you. And then the mistake was she went to clear off the table. And while she's clearing off the table, he lays on the couch and she walks in there and he's snoring. And now she is livid. She gives him the cold shoulder. She cuts him off. She's angry with him. And he's going like, what's going on? It was like, he's having this 
all this beautiful stuff you did for me and now you won't even talk to me. He doesn't even know what he did wrong. Yeah. It was because all those good things I was doing was just to get to hear. Exactly. I love you and you're amazing. Yeah. And, and so then a lot of times what we do is when our need isn't met because we haven't communicated it, mm-hmm. then we step into manipulation and we withhold. And so right. now I give you the silent treatment and I'm withholding love. I'm withholding affection. I'm withholding, um, you know, serving you, um, hoping that you're, you're going to catch the drift. And then you're starving yourself of the very thing that you exactly. need. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. the cycle that is going to break relationships. It happens so much where our needs are not getting met. We don't know how to powerfully communicate them. And so we do, we step into this manipulation, whether that is, I'm going to manipulate you by um, withholding love or affection. I'm going to manipulate you by seducing, you know, doing something extra for you. It's all manipulation. And ultimately it will drive relationships apart. And it's a really devastating thing to watch and to experience. So as we learn how we're doing this, how we're manipulating, um, when we can recognize it and kind of get those needs met in a healthy way, this will save relationships. Yes, it will. Very much so. I remember when I was first married, Stephen, he's, a, he's, he's not as quiet as he used to be, but he was a very quiet guy. And I mean, he might go, he was always cordial. Mm-hmm. He was always respectful, but he would just give me the silent treatment yeah. for the longest amount of time. And I could not read through that silent treatment what was going on yeah. inside of him. So I was- And so married- inside of you, you're probably going, what did I do? How do I fix it? What do I- and it, well, you- a part of me maybe on occasion, but he married this <laughs> very Opposite. independent, uh, aggressive, a woman's liberal type woman. And so, hey, you want to give me a silent treatment? I'll just go do what I want to do. I don't need you. You know, I'll do just fine by myself. So it didn't work. And so w- the wedge just got wider yeah. and wider and wider and wider. And uh, he went to the Lord and he... Uh, he said, God, I don't know how to love. And the Lord spoke to him and he said, love is not a feeling. Mm -hmm. Love is an action. When you do the action, the feeling comes. So what, what God just spoke to him was how to get rid of the manipulation to just do the acts of love. And then the response of that would be the uniting of the relationship Mm -hmm. that transformed our marriage. And that acts of love that I don't know what it looked like, but that could just look like him saying, I don't know how to do this well. I'm just telling you that is going to bring power and bring reconciliation into the situation. Just him. It brings empathy and compassion. And now you're more connected to that person because they were vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes just expressing the reality of what the need is and saying, I don't know how to do this well. I want you to know that I'm going to show up. I'm going to try, but I just need you to know that I'm very much learning this. This is a very vulnerable thing for me. And so I'm just asking you to be there with me in that space. And what you are saying now, Katie, or what we're talking about now is extremely necessary to have courage. Yeah. It, it seems like a simple thing, but why does it take so much courage just to be open and vulnerable. And I think it's because our world, our past, our life experiences, maybe our family of origin, or maybe things we've gone through, we've learned to have to hide behind walls to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. That was necessary maybe as a child, but it's it's not healthy for an adult. Mm-hmm. A lot of times manipulation is learned by family experience. Yes. Yeah. So that's how mom interacted with you. That's how her mom interacted with her. And so the, it's this family cycle. Of, and and to you, you might think, well, I just thought that was just family life yeah. and not realize, well, actually it's kind of destructive or it, it doesn't promote healthy relationships. Obviously this podcast is about life exchange. And when you manipulate, it actually kind of uh, strangles life or the exchange of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember, here's another story. I'm getting all these stories. I wasn't planning (laughs) on, but uh, my husband's uh, mom, my mother-in-law, she had had horrible crippling arthritis. And so she was just isolated and separated, just sitting in her chair all day long Mm -hmm. from the time uh, Stephen was just a couple years old. And 
Uh, his brother was a newborn baby. She couldn't even lift him. I mean, this is how bad it was. And uh, so there was such shame in her life over how she looked and what she could and mm-hmm. could not do. And so she developed ways to manipulate so that her children, and as they got older, so that her children would connect to her or call her or visit her. And I remember uh, when we lived in Kansas City, she we would visit her like once a week and she would call and say, why aren't you coming? Or what's wrong, you know, what's wrong that you're not visiting me? And mm-hmm. she would just throw out these manipulative things and it would make me so angry. And so it made me want to stay away, even though, you know, we did our due diligence, but not because we wanted to. Now I look back and I go, oh my goodness. Now I know why she manipulated. If I would have just seen the why behind her words, Mm -hmm. I would have been there valuing her, loving her, investing into her, celebrating her. You know, I would have done so much more, but I didn't know how to read through that as a 21-year-old. So are you saying when you can understand the motivation of someone who manipulates, the more compassion that you can have? In my opinion, yes. Now, that's not true for every situation, obviously. Right, especially if it's an aggressive manipulator, a very deliberate, intentional manipulator. But for those who do it out of woundedness or shame or needs not met or whatever, if I am able to see the why behind the what then it allows me to seed into the reason, the core of the problem, not just their external actions. Mm -hmm. And it even allows me to be able to, in love, confront the actions because I see the why. So I'm not doing it in judgment or anger or frustration or retaliation but it's it's to bring healing. Yeah. And what you're saying there is really boundaries work of when you can see compassion or when you you really do want to love that person, you can put those boundaries in place mm-hmm. that help um, them to know that they're loved, but also help you to stay in a healthy place. And so to me, I... I just see so much value and so much power in communication. And so something I try to practice is when I recognize that that's happening to where somebody just has a need and they're doing whatever they can, bless their heart, to get their need met. And that that does come out in manipulation. Um, I sometimes will just say, okay... um, so in your example where where she would kind of say those like guilt trippy type of things, I'll say, um, I love you and I want you to know and I want you to be secure that I love you. So yeah. I'm going to tell you right now that I am available from this time to this time on this day and I will be with you then. The rest of the time, I'm I love you but I have other things that I need to attend to, other people I need to attend to. Just by communicating that, they might not love that and they might still try, but it it creates so much power on both sides of them being able to say, okay, they told me, they, this is what they said. I'm going to rely on that. But then it also frees me up to not have to answer every beg and call and um, really have that power back in, in so, the relationship. So does that work for golden retrievers? <laughs> No, <laughs> because uh, you're, you're on your own there. <laughs> that dog wants to be around you nonstop. Yeah. So I can't sit him down and say, listen, I'm available from this time to this time. <laughs> and if it's not this time, I'm not available. So I mean, it's kind of like when you have an infant, you don't sure, get to do that. Exactly, you don't right? get that. That um, That's right. a very, very, very good point because... There are not just infants in the natural, there are babies in the Lord. Yeah. Isn't there? You know, there's there's those that maybe because of life experience, uh, areas of maturity haven't been developed, whether there was addictions in their life or abuses mm-hmm. or trauma in their life where their emotional growth was stunted because of something tra- traumatizing. And here they give their lives to the Lord or here they're an individual that uh, becomes, you know, a part of your life. When you look at then, no matter what their age is, where has their emotional maturity been stunted and recognize I'm dealing with an emotional babe right now. And that's not uh, 
a criticism. It's not a condemnation of them. It's just an awareness of how their past is affecting their present. And if I'm able to nurture that babe, Mm -hmm. as it were, they can grow and they can mature. Yeah. And especially, you know, when we were talking about family of origin or environment, when your programming has been so set to um, manipulating, doing whatever you have to do to get your needs met, like a baby, they're going to cry, scream, do whatever they have to do to get their needs met then it's it's a building of trust. It's building a sense of security, of safety, something that, that we'll, we'll call them babies. We're, now we're talking of that spiritual baby. They may have no frame of reference for that. They may have no grid for even understanding exactly. that. And so it's slowly seeding and, and, say, and following through with what you say, saying, okay, um, you know, I care about you. I'm going to show up for you at this time. And that's just a learned behavior. They learn to trust. They learn that safety, that security a little bit more. But it's all happening in a very powerful way rather than in that letting manipulation just control and then you're just in chaos and it's not really a healthy or productive or powerful relationship. It's just more of grappling and fighting to meet your need in any way that you can. So I just feel like this work is really powerful in developing healthy relationships, but also strong, secure individuals as well. And that reminds me of another story. <laughs> you are full of stories. Yeah, I know. The older you get, the more stories you have. And uh, but I, I was in children's church, and I was teaching in children's church, and there was this a visitor boy who came in, and he was like acting out. I mean, he was just bringing chaos to mm-hmm. the class. And I was getting frustrated. Uh, I was not able to get my agenda done. I wasn't able to teach. I wasn't able to do the different things. And I was frustrated. And in my mind, I said, God, all he wants is attention. (laughs) And the Lord spoke to me and he said, yes, so give it to him. Yeah. And so I stopped. I thought, oh my goodness, was that a a slap in the face? And so I just stopped and uh, I started giving him attention Mm -hmm. and I started loving on him. And I suddenly made the whole class around him. And then I found out that this boy, I mean, was in such a dysfunctional family. And the only way his mother, this is manipulation, the only way his mother could control him was to say, if you do not behave, I will send you away. Mm. So he was behaving through the manipulation of fear. Yeah. And he came in, he was acting out, and by God's grace and his, him speaking to me, it gave me an opportunity to say, he just needs some love. Yeah. He needs some attention. And we gave that to yeah. him. So sometimes recognizing manipulation in another person is really almost a powerful tool yeah. uh, in that you can see what's happening and begin to address the actual uh, root of the issue and not just the the, the effects or yeah. yeah the fruit of what's of what's happening. Well, yeah. these traits help you recognize it when you're being man- manipulated, mm-hmm. but it also helps you recognize when you're being. When the you manipulator. Are, <laughs> and you are the manipulator. <laughs> yeah. So let's just give a couple more. I know we kind of hit this one a little bit, but a manipulator uses guilt to motivate others to do something. Mm-hmm, so yeah. we kind of talked about that. Uh, I think this is something that you could speak to because your heart is and your message is kind of on generosity, but a manipulator does nice things with strings attached. Mm-hmm, yeah. So you'll be generate. You'll be generous so that you could receive something back, yep. which isn't true generosity. No, and it's really, it's really, it's really stupid. <laughs> and, I, and I only can say that from my own experience, like like I talked about earlier. Do you have any stories? I, I mean, uh, I kind story of, time. I kind of shared one earlier. You know, I would, I would um, do go over the top to kind of serve someone, hoping that they would reciprocate. And on their side of things, they're just saying, wow, they're a really nice person and never went beyond that. They're so giving. Yeah. And so I was using generosity because I I do speak on that a lot, but I was using it to manipulate and we can do that. And, And so that goes back to checking our motives of when I'm giving, when I'm serving, when I'm going above and beyond, when I'm doing that nice or good thing, checking my my heart and my motive to say, am I doing this in pure purity or am I doing yeah, this to yeah. meet a need? And if that's the case, this is not the right way to go about that. It doesn't mean that I don't have the need. It doesn't mean that I don't need that meet, need met. 
but it does mean that I'm going about it the wrong way. And I also think that if you have a conversation of saying, hey, it's a win-win situation. So I will do this for you if you do this for me. So that's, you're being generous with whatever you're giving, but you're also expecting something in return. Where, where what you're kind of talking about is just being generous, generous for the joy of yeah. giving the gift, being generous to truly bless someone and not even have an expectation of return. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but like you said, you probably get super upset when you give gifts with strings attached and they're like, thank you so yeah. much. You're so awesome. And you're like, I'm waiting. It's kind of like <laughs> when, you, when you're like, you apologize and you're only apologizing because you want them to apologize. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry for that fight that we had last night. And they're like, I forgive you. Yeah, and, and like, then it just um, stops. And then um, you're like <laughs> livid and you're like exploding. Because... You missed the point of me apologizing. <laughs> yeah. I needed you to say. Yeah. So the reason I'm being as authentic is because I want you to I'm be manipulating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, flattery will set a trap for you, right? Yeah. It's like I'm I'm not really validating and honoring and celebrating. I'm flattering you yeah. because there's something I want from you. Yeah, I think a lot of this communication can squash so much of this tendency to manipulate mm -hmm. because even like with what I was just saying of when I was doing for this person and not getting it back, was it wrong for me to be doing for them? No. no. Was it wrong for me to have a need? No. What was I doing? I was not communicating and just hoping they would figure it out. If I would have done the exact same thing, but communicated and say, hey, I need you to do this, then I'm not manipulating anymore. I'm being honest. That's right. It, it's not what you do or say. It's the reason behind why you're yeah. doing or saying. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is just motive. Yeah. That's really what it is. Motive. Wasn't that the definition in the very beginning? With the, the no. motive? No, it wasn't in there. <laughs> well, it was uh, uh, persuading someone to do something that is only in your best yeah. interest. Best interest, yeah. which is yeah, motive, your motive, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank so, you. So we talked about, you know, traits or things or signs that we can see if we're manipulating or, or so we are being manipulated by someone else. So what do you do when you are being manipulated? Like, what are some things that you can do uh, that confronts manipulation if you're being manipulated by someone. Any thoughts? I mean, boundaries, I kind of already went there. To me, that's just a huge, huge thing. I think it's both the boundaries, the external boundaries of communicating. This is what is and is not acceptable in my space. Uh, and then it's also setting those internal boundaries of saying, this is like, I am not going to allow this to create chaos in my world. Because sometimes when you're around just like a chronic manipulator, you get around them and you already know like this is they are going to be with them is going to create chaos inside of me. And so sometimes it's doing what, what we shared before of um, choosing to be powerful in the things we have power over and choosing peace in the rest. So sometimes if I'm going to be in a place with that person, I have to just set inside of myself. I'm going to choose peace when I'm around them. This is probably going to happen. Maybe boundaries have been communicated and they're not followed. It happens sometimes. Sometimes you're going to be in that space with a chronic manipulator. So it's just more of setting that boundary inside of myself and saying, all right, I'm going to be in this space with them. I'm going to choose peace. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to fly off the handle. I'm not going to create chaos inside my own soul because I don't have power over this person. So just choosing peace. And one way I choose peace is do nothing. Yeah. When I recognize someone is really trying to manipulate me, I smile yeah. and do not respond at all. Uh, I don't yield to it. I don't patronize them. I don't, um, you know, respond and try to cover it up or make an excuse. I just don't respond. And to me, that's like a, a high form of love because the reason a manipulator continually manipulates is because it works for them. Yeah. And when they approach me and it doesn't work with me, mm -hmm. they might not like me. They might say bad things about me. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But the fact is they can't manipulate me. And going back to a marriage story, my husband is a, a man you cannot manipulate. <laughs> 
And I remember I would legitimately cry because my feelings were hurt and he wasn't going to be manipulated. (laughs) And then I realized why he so rejected anything that felt like manipulation was because he lived with that growing up. So he would not be manipulated. But I'm so glad that my woundedness did not manipulate him Mm -hmm. because he held steady. And I happened to be one that would not be manipulated either. And in so many ways, those things positioned us to then pursue the right ways to have our needs met. And so when someone comes up to me and I recognize that whether it's a guilt trip or a a sad story, um, I'll do this because I've worked with young people a lot, but this size two adorable teenager comes up and says, I'm just so (laughs) fat. You know, it's because they're wanting to say, you're not fat, you're beautiful. Or they go, my hair looks a mess because it looks absolutely gorgeous because <laughs> they're just wanting you to say your hair looks gorgeous. Yeah. And so when something like that happens, I just don't say anything mm-hmm. because I know it's empowering manipulation yeah. and I don't want to do that. Yeah. I did have a couple more uh, traits of what manipulation can look like. So you want to backtrack? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> but we're uh, moving this thing right along. <laughs> we're know, at 45 minutes and well, I think uh, we've kind of jumped we jumped in and out of some of these right, things. That's but fine. you you kind of just said one, I think pandering, mm-hmm. um you, you're fishing. You're, I'm fishing to get what I want to, you know, what I want you to say. Um, so it can look like that. I think half truths and withholding information. So I'm mm-hmm. not telling you the whole truth because go. I want to manipulate the situation of what actually happened. Um, threatening to withhold love and affection, which we talked about. Um, and I also think heightened emotions sometimes can be manipulation of, um, Oh yeah. Just going off the handle. Yeah. And then th- people are so afraid that you're going to yeah. flip out. So they just do what you want because you like to make big messes. Yeah. Yeah. So they become peacekeepers rather than peacemakers I mean, toddlers, by allowing it. Toddlers are professionals at this. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Their emotions get exaggerated. They fly off the handle and then, you know, you give them the lollipop. <laughs> well, not my kids. <laughs> I know not I was your like, kids. you will never have a lollipop <laughs> as long as you live in this house. <laughs> because you were two years old, you threw a fit and, uh, no, maybe not that bad, but. I mean, I am a person, if I, if it feels like you're manipulating me, like you are not getting it. Mm -hmm. You're not getting the thing that you want. Um, so I even have a friend who's learned this about me. They, um, if they say, Hey, you need to do this, do this, do this, this, like, it's just not going to happen. But if they present the information in front of me and just leave a year later, I will have a great idea. And it'll be exactly what they told me to do. <laughs> it has to be. I've got to remember terms. that so I can manipulate your future. No, <laughs> I don't know if that's. I mean, I guess it, it just depends on your motive. Yeah, I'm but. cheesing. Yeah. Well, you. We all kind of addressed one of the ways that you confront manipulation is, <clears throat> excuse me, is by resisting it, right? But I think there's a step before that. The first one is. You have to recognize that you're being manipulated. Yeah. Until you do that, you're going to be moved by it. Mm -hmm. So when you recognize it, that's when you can resist it. But I think the first step is to look at the signs and say, am I being manipulated? And if that's the case, then you can take that step. But I think it first begins with recognizing if you're being manipulated or not. And on the flip side of that, recognizing Mm -hmm. if you are manipulating. Sure. If you're the one perpetuating that. Because we're a uh, podcast of balance. Yes. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. So, okay, let's say we are, you know, we found that tendency in our life to manipulate. So what, a lot of times we will not pay the price to change if we don't see that on the other side, it's just so much better. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the greatest benefits of rejecting manipulation? In you doing it, you mean, yeah. or the other like, way around? If I personally reject manip- me from manipulating, if I if I stop that as a part of my internal culture, I will I, not I think the biggest thing is having your needs met mm-hmm. in an authentic way. Yeah, yeah. So I took your answer. That was one of my answers. Oh, okay. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's really key. And see, that's so powerful because then you really feel loved when someone yeah. does it. It's not that because I did to, something. Yeah. It's because that came from you the really goodness. You really love me. Yeah, yeah, you really do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you actually get your needs met. Like it's 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 such a win-win. Rather than you doing all this stuff and hoping that you get your needs met and a lot of times not actually getting the true need met, you're going to get your needs met. And exactly. so that's a real win. Um, another to me, another big one is I think manipulation is the language of lies. It is it is the language yeah. of the enemy. He did it from the very beginning. He's the father of lies. Um, there's no truth in him. So, and I'm not saying if you manipulate, you're the devil, but it is the <laughs> language of the enemy. Um, well, we either partner with heaven or hell. One or the other. Yeah. There's only two. Yeah. You know? So I think... <laughs> One of the ways to avoid this this behavior or to address this behavior is just walking in truth. And truth is mm -hmm. vulnerable. Truth is hard. Truth is courageous. Um, and sometimes that, but that's going to say the truth sets you free, right? Mm -hmm. That's what the Bible says. So it's a, a, it's a huge benefit when we stop manipulating and just step into the truth and just be honest about your needs, be honest about your feelings, be honest about how things um, affected you. Or And another part of this honesty is asking for forgiveness where mm. you have manipulated. That is very vulnerable. Again, it's very hard work, but it's going to bring so much life to you, to your relationships when you can just say, hey, I'm a learning, growing, mess-making person. And I've recognized that I have done this with you and just apologizing and and, and being sincere and saying, I'm working on this. Um, I want to, to do better. I want to um, grow in this area. And so I'm just one, apologizing, two, asking you for grace uh, as I walk this out in growth and maturity. To add to that, uh, one of the traits of either recognizing it within yourself or seeing it in someone else is a manipulator, it's hard for them to give honest answers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Think about the news and politicians, yeah. right? You get asked a yes or no question. Yeah. And they answer it in some way that you're not even sure how it relates to it. And I think sometimes if you're manipulating, you have to avoid the truth. Yeah. You have to you have to stretch the truth. You have to um, um, sometimes even ignore the truth. Mm -hmm. So if you're if you're in a place where you're like, oh, I can't give real honest answers, well, maybe it's because you're trying to control and manipulate the situation. And why? Sometimes we have this idea that if we tell the truth, the world's going to explode on us. Um, and a lot of the times, that's just not the case. That's the fear monger trying to keep you in lies and keep you in fear. But when we're really honest with another person, the the larger percentage of the time, what you are fearing is going to happen is not going to happen. And it's really going to open a door into freedom into your life. For sure. And talking about truth, what? Truth makes us free. Yeah. And I think we got to recognize that if I'm not walking in truth, it's going to put us in bondage. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then we've got to cover up the next act of manipulation from the one before. And it's just like this mountain just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, you know? Oh, what a tangled web we weave oh, yeah. when, when we practice to deceive. There you go. That is really good. <laughs> and one thing I know for me was uh, I w was studying, you know, in Genesis. And when it said the woman's desire was towards her husband, and it exploded inside of me and it said, anything I desire more than I desire God will control me. Yeah. It's like I abandoned myself to the manipulation of something or someone when I desire them or what they can give me more than I desire God. Mm -hmm. And so I think it goes back to seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to us. And that is so easy preached and hard practice when you're hurting. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the bottom line is the more the truth that I know about who God is, about who he is in me, who I am in him, literally brings balance to where I got to trust him in the midst of everything. I've got to choose him in the midst of everything. And I, I think, because I don't think we use one scripture, did we? Well, I just yeah, said I one a little bit ago. But in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, I want to read this. I love it. 
I don't even know what version it's out of, but it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition Mm -hmm. or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And one way that we can tear down manipulation is when I think, how am I affecting somebody else? Mm -hmm. And look beyond what I want to this person that I'm communicating to and say, you know, I will get so much farther, you know, looking out for their interests than I will be looking out for mine. And I'm not talking about abusive relationships or anything like that, but to get our eyes off of our selfish ambition and and really turn it around and give our lives for the good of others. Yeah. And I think a lot of that just does go back to seeing that God is your source, Mm -hmm. that he is the well that never runs dry. And so when you're drinking from that and your needs are being met, well, then yes, you can overflow into others. You can start loving others um, because you're not looking to them to meet your needs. You're looking to God to meet your needs. And um, you just get to live in a really healthy um, outflow or outpouring of that. There's something the Lord spoke to me years ago and it was uh, after being really hurt, uh, he spoke to me, uh, you know, if you're not close enough to be hurt, you're not close enough to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And so if we're driven by hurt that we manipulate to meet our need, we'll never make a difference in the world. Mm -hmm. But if we're able to get rid of all the facades, get rid of the manipulation, get rid of deceit, get rid of the self-protection. And we go, well, I could get hurt then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we might, and we will. And after uh, the Lord spoke that to me, after I got hurt terribly, <laughs> and um, and have I been hurt since? Yeah, I have, but I've made a difference as well. And those hurts are not as horrible as that one was. And so I think we just have to decide in life what is most, what we value the most. Do we value protecting our own soul, protecting our own heart um, from being hurt by somebody out there that probably has no desire to hurt us whatsoever or um, to make a difference in our world? And that allows us to kind of let some things fall down and just say, I've got to focus on the main thing. I know we're at the point where we're trying to land the plane, <laughs> uh, but I I think this is super important uh, to point out in when we're talking about manipulation because I think we're talking uh, to a large portion of our listeners are in the church realm, and and I think it's a form of manipulation and we don't even realize it. But I think when we communicate over spiritually mm-hmm. about things, that is a real strong form of manipulation. Like if I told my kids, you don't clean your room to my standard and you're allowing demons in this house. <laughs> and, oh, I know, like you you laugh. Yeah. No, you never did that. But I, yeah, that happens. Yeah. And I think if you really try to over-spiritualize something to get your way, I don't think that's that's Uh, wrong. Very careful. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Or either letting demons in or this will affect your destiny if you don't do what I say. You know, we're not probably putting it in those terms, but I think church leaders have to be so careful with that. Yeah. uh, Because we want them to be led by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we are leaders, but... They they need to hear it for themselves. They need to have relationship with the Holy Spirit, and you can't just be around directing people's lives of of how they cook their meals. Like you yeah. know, we've been around uh, uh, ministries where sometimes you're like, "Whoa, you don't need to be that involved in like what people do." I'd be very uh, careful yeah. about putting words in God's mouth, yeah. saying, "God told me that you need to do this. You need to do that." Yeah. I would not. I would not want to be in that position. Maybe this that would be another podcast because yeah. it's like I just dropped yeah, the bomb. I feel like we and, just opened a hole. And I'm so can sorry worms. about that. I know we were landing the plane, but I guess there was turbulence, so we're going to stay up a little bit more now. I think I, I just wanted to say that yeah. because I really feel like that's important yeah. to understand, and it's something that you should not do, mm-hmm. and it is very it's wrong to do. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. 
Well, since we do want to wrap up, maybe we will make that a part two episode, but I just think of the scripture where it says, um, who will ascend the mountain of the Lord? And it says those with clean hands and a pure heart. And that's just what we want. Yes, we're human. Yeah, we're going to mess up. Uh, Yes, we need grace and mercy. Um, But that's, that's our ultimate heart is, Lord, just let me have clean hands. Let me have a pure heart. And so Holy Spirit, reveal those areas where I may be using manipulation um, and I may have that that motive uh, and just reveal those things so that I can heal, so that I can grow, that I can be more powerful uh, and be a better, healthier, more loving influence in those around me. Amen. That's awesome. So if you know someone that needs to hear this, please... Use your own discretion. (laughs) There you go. Open close. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.